You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between. If you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Hunting Gear Podcast, and just like the title implies, we cover all things hunting gear and equipment, from discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences. Our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. Bob Polanek, co-host. What's up? Hey, man. Just counting down the days. We are we're two weeks out from uh, first uh, hunting trip of the year. Yeah, I leave. Let's see. I don't even know what's the date today. While well, when we're recording this, uh, the date is August twenty eighth, and I think this is going to launch the following week uh, on a Thursday. Uh, the 4th of September, 5th or 4th of September, and I will be leaving the 6th of September out to Colorado to chase elk and try not to die. So mm-hmm. that, uh, it's close, dude. And I am not, like, I, I've i been trying to prepare and prepare and prepare. I just feel like I'm not, I'm still not ready where I need to be, but it, for some reason, I don't know about you, but on these trips, it all kind of comes together the last three days for me. It's just like, yep, I'm ready. Here we go. Yep. I hear you. You think you're just not ready, uh, like prepared wise, physically wise, mentally wise. What I are you think thinking? It's, I think it's mentally. Gotcha. I think mentally I'm just, I look at my gear. I look at basically my to-do list for not only like the, the sportsman's nation stuff, but also, uh, the family stuff. And I'm trying to remodel, uh, my garage at the same time. I want to get at least the drywall and mudding done before I leave. So that way I can come back and, you know, have a good starting place. And then I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to fit shooting my bow every day and training every day. And it just, I feel like, I'm not, I got, I need more hours in a day, man. It's just nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I hear you. Yep. 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 So before we start, we're going to be talking about trail cameras today, but before we start, uh, you recently went t- on a little scouting trip to Nebraska, um, to do some tree stand work and, and prep. The last time we talked, um, you, you had this gut feeling like the farm might not be any good because the, 
there was a chance that through this wet spring and all the flooding, you the crops may not have gotten planted. What's the what's the update for us? Um, well, the the farm uh, it didn't flood from the river, but there was a lot of standing water. So the farm that we hunt uh, it that did not get planted. Um, not a big deal, and I'll tell you why in a, in a second. Um, the farm to the north of it uh, that got planted, and that's all corn. It's all ten feet tall and uh, looking great. Um, check trail cameras. No signs of flooding, you know, in any of the timber or anything like that. Uh, talk to the the local farmer, the landowner, and um, he said the 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 water almost got over the banks, but stopped about a foot short. So all the reports that we had gotten that the the farm had flooded over and we were worried about all the deer being displaced all those worries went away um we got there friday morning and as we're getting there the there's a the farmer that is a landowner uh leases his property to is pulling up with a disc and he's disking the unplanted like 100 acres of a field and we get to talking to him and he's like no we're not going to put cover crop in or we're just disking it getting it prepped for you know, the next year, basically just getting it out of the way. Yeah. You know, we're like, well, do you care if we throw some seed down and plant some food plots? He's like, no, it shouldn't be a problem. And we looked at the weather and they got, I think you guys got rain on Monday, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we threw seed down Saturday night and on freshly disked, like just great Nebraska soil. And, yeah. uh, I would I would think that those are going to take pretty well. And then as far as quality of deer, uh, there was uh, two very mature bucks there last year. Hit listers. And yeah. 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 And one was one was uh, believed to be five and one was believed to be six. And now they're uh, they're still there. So. Uh, oh, so you did have trail camera data because uh, you mentioned that, uh, I think the last time we talked, you mentioned that you had trail cameras out there, but you didn't know if the batteries were going to last all the way until right. you checked right. it. Did they last? Uh, they lasted, one of them One of them lasted the whole time. It took 10,000 photos, um, and it's still going. It's actually, I left it out there. I'm kind of doing a test. I threw a bunch of bait in front of it. You can legally bait in Nebraska. Um and I'm going to, I left the batteries in them. It's a Bushnell with eight lithium batteries in it. And I'm going to see how many more pictures it takes before it dies. Gotcha. So, uh, and then the other camera did die, but we did get uh, a picture of some velvet bucks. One of them is a seven-year-old buck that actually looks like he's a little bit on the way down now. He's, he was like a big nine. He's now just a heavy, heavy mainframe eight. I think he's got a little kicker coming off his his G2, um, but he's got to be, gosh, he's going to probably be a 150-inch A-point. Yeah. Um, and then they, there's a, there was a big 10 that we believe was five years old last year, um, and he was alive on December 30th, and that season ended January 1st. So gotcha. you, would believe, you would think he's still alive. Right, right. So, well— that's awesome, man. Um, hopefully the food plots take, because that might actually, all this flooding and wet spring 
but getting a food plot in that you know is not going to be harvested might actually, uh, I guess, benefit you guys in the long run. Yeah, I would think so. We did. Uh, it was a it was a blend of like brassicas, rye, and clover. So all kind of your your fall stuff. And I'll be back out there. So we're going elk hunting in two weeks. Flying. I'm going with my wife. I'm flying her home after a week, and then I'm driving to Nebraska, and I'm going to bow hunt that for three or four days in uh, late September. And, and hopefully, we put six cameras up. Hopefully, we can get some pictures of some uh, natural deer movement and try to get a plan on a on an early season buck. So that's awesome. That's yes, awesome, sir. Dude. Very very excited. Couldn't have uh, that scouting trip. Couldn't have couldn't have ended, couldn't have resulted any better. Right. So, and this is, this, this story is kind of a really good transition into the topic today because like many of us, you know, trail cameras play a huge role in where we go and what we do every single year from a strategy standpoint. Um, and just kind of, uh, knowing what deer are on your farm or on your property standpoint as well. Right. So, uh, you know, if I'm getting, uh, a whole bunch of pictures of a two and three year olds on a certain part of the farm. Well, man, I'm not going to hunt that part of the farm. I'm not going to start there. I'm going to play that, uh, that trail camera roulette. And I'm going to look for that, that the the quality of deer that I want. And that's the area of the farm that I'm going to start hunting in. I mean, that's what I, I, that's how I personally do it every year is, you know, I get into a routine, right? I'll I'll check all my trail cameras. uh, When I start my big, I guess, rut vacation, or if I'm going on like a three-day, I'm going on a three-day hunt where I'm going like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or whatever, right? I go down. The first thing I do is I check all my trail cameras. I flip through the pictures. I locate something that I want to shoot. If I don't locate anything, then I'm going to probably go after a doe. But that's how I use them. Right. I, and in the summertime, I use them to take velvet picks and, and get an inventory of the deer that are in the area. And hopefully they stick around during the September shift after harvest. And uh, kind of, so I so I can put together uh, a list, a hit list that allows me to identify deer and say, OK, when this deer comes through, I know he's a shooter. I don't have to, like, really do a lot of looking at his body i can tell by the characteristics of his antlers that he's mature right because i because i've already studied him the entire summer or i've studied him through other trail camera pictures or previous years uh history and stuff like that so how how do you use trail cameras throughout uh your your season so uh two different ways here in michigan i use them for like i'd call like uh real-time data like uh, if it's going to rain, say it's mid-October, cold front's coming, something like that, and it's raining, I'm going to take uh, my lunch break or something like that, or say it's windy, rain, whatever it is. So something where I have good cover in the middle of the day, I'm going to go run out and I'm going to check a couple cameras and see what's on them, see how deer are moving. Um, and with a cold front coming in a couple days or something like that, or even the next day, use that data to figure out where I should sit or where I should go hang a stand or something like that. Um, by the time November rolls around, I'm usually headed out to Nebraska, Iowa, something like that. And 
that is uh, usually use those cameras for inventory, kind of who's around, what's around, quality of deer that's around. Um, and then, yeah, kind of see who's on that farm. And a lot of the cameras I have out there, I really only put one or two up on bait for inventory. And the rest of them, there's so many runs. The, the timber in between the crops and the and the river out there on that farm is so thick and the runs are so defined that we just put trail cameras on runs and then we check them kind of when we're going over to that area and that's when we're trying to kind of figure out we're going back and we're looking at the history and the wind direction and stuff like that and trying to figure out how exactly these deer are moving up and down this timber like in relation to wind and we're we're trying to figure out how to where to hunt depending on the wind and stuff like that even even when it's during the rut so that's kind of how i use them gotcha gotcha yep so the data that you get from trail cameras what are you uh like what's the weight of those what what how valuable is a trail camera picture to you depends on the time of year honestly early season very valuable if you can uh if you've got a repeat customer you know every single day leading up to your bow opener uh, that is i mean go hunt them right um it depends on what the information is too if the pictures are during the day or right at right at daybreak or right at sunset something like that last light i know that that buck lives close and I know that I need to probably really be stealthy and really think about where this buck could be bedding and how my wind is going to affect that. Um, if the pictures are in the middle of the night, I'm assuming that this buck's traveling uh, over the, the the property that I hunt, and he's not a he's not a local guy, and I'm probably going to have a better chance catching up with him. Um, that like November 10th to the 15th range when he's, when he's crew, like rut cruising, you know, right. looking for, looking for a like looking for a, his third or fourth doe to, to breed. Right. So, right. So now kind of that's, that's how, how we use them. Um, let's talk about like, for your opinion, like what do you expect when you buy a trail camera? What do you expect a trail camera to do for you? I expect it to take clear pictures at night, not not uh, take a, not get set in some not working properly where it takes a photo every two minutes throughout the whole day for three days until the battery dies. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, oh, but yeah. that is one of the most frustrating things in the entire world. Um, or just. Yeah. No malfunctions, honestly. Today, I mean, the technology, it's 2019 for crying out loud. Technology is so far advanced that there should never be any uh, operation issues with a hundred or a hundred and fifty dollar trail camera. It's just inexcusable in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to even simplify it more to, this is what I've always said about trail cameras. When I put the SD card in it and I turn it on, whether I go in and format, like I would think that you could just put a card in, turn it on and it works. Right. 
That would be nice. Right. And then obviously if you want to, you know, it's up to you if you want to start uh, fidgeting with the settings, right? If you want to, yeah, you want it to take two pictures versus three pictures or four pictures right. or whatever, right. or you want the, the time in between uh, cycles to be one minute or two minutes or 30 seconds or whatever, you know, you can, you can adjust that. But after I do that and I, let's say I even format the card. All I want this thing to do is to do what it's made to do. And I turn it on, I walk away, and it takes pictures of motion, basically, right? You know, because it's not always going to be deer, right? Right. And I feel like, like you said, there's still companies out there that haven't been able to grasp that that concept yet and but i but i do think that in the i'm gonna say 15 years let's see if i go back to 2006 or something like that when i first started using trail cameras maybe even earlier um i can remember where i would do that put the sd card in turn it on walk away and nothing happened like I followed the instructions and it didn't take pictures. Oh, and then you call up, call them up. Hey, well, what's wrong? Well, did you do this? Well, did you do it in this order? Well, the instructions, I followed the instructions. Well, sometimes you got to do this. I'm just like, are you kidding me? I shouldn't, I should. It's, it's just like, okay, well, uh, you got to put your finger over this hole and you got to, you know, count backwards from 10. Then you got to stand on your left foot and then, you, and then it'll work. I'm just like, are you, and that's the kind of shit that really upsets me is when um, I go in, I turn on a camera, and it doesn't – it just doesn't take pictures. I've had this happen several times in the past, and that, my friend, is what makes me mad is when I, you know, brand-new SD card, put it in, turn it on, walk away, and I come back to zero pictures because I've invested right. not only money in that product – but I've also invested money in gas and the time to drive down to the farm, check it, and return back with no data, right? And right. that's what I bought it for. So, right. like, for me, I just – I'm not the kind of guy who necessarily likes to run video mode. I don't necessarily need the the highest quality picture. Um, I know a lot of them have the have – the, you know, higher quality, 12 megapixels, even more megapixels now. But all I, I just want to know if a deer is in the area. Let's say I put it in a pinch point and he's running through. I want that trigger speed to be fast enough to where I'm not just getting the ass end of a deer, right? I'm right. getting, right. I, and I, I've had trail cameras in the past where even at the perfect angle, I'm getting on a three shot burst. The first picture is that buck maybe with his head almost to the edge. The second picture is just his ass end. And then the third picture is nothing, right? Mm. Because he's already mm. made it, made it through there. And like that didn't used to bother me as much because I would at least have one picture and be able to identify that deer at that point. But now with the way technology is like all these trail cameras should, and I say that should be performing at, the same exact almost like standard right yes so you know i just want it to work when i turn it on simple right um now 
I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about my evolution as far as trail cameras are concerned. Um, my first trail camera that I ever had was, oh man, it was like the weight of a, I remember I bought two or three of them. I put them in my backpack to take them out into the woods and that's fully loaded with these D batteries. Um, (laughs) They had film in them and my legs were getting tired, (laughs) like hiking them out into the woods. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and they they had film. So I'd go out, set them out in the perfect spot for a week, go back, you know, you go to the drugstore and you're wait, you're just basically waiting in your car, you go grab a sandwich, you come back. That you always pay extra for the hour uh development and you're flipping through them and it's freaking one tree branch blowing in the wind. So you got 32 <laughs> 32 trail camera pictures uh, that you've developed and and um thank God, thank the Lord that digital trail cameras came and just kind of made things better, right? Because right. I I remember spending like 150 bucks on two trail cameras and they're i think they were moultries um and they didn't they had like a bungee cord that you wrapped around the tree so they were always sagging down a little bit so you had to like you know always put a stick or the bungee cords after being in the hot then in the cold they would lose their elasticity so you'd have to wrap them around a stick or you'd have to find another method to prop them up so that uh the trail camera stayed where you wanted it to stay and uh, and then uh, I remember getting my one of my first digital cameras, and that improved the jump from the film to the digital was so big. Like I didn't even like I, I knew I was missing pictures, and I knew like all these things, but there was so many more pictures with that first digital trail camera that I was like, oh my god, this jump is huge. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. So. What was, uh, you know, and then from there, just kind of, I, I just kept going up or, you know, the technology advance, you know, advancements for di- digital trail camera has gone up to where it is today. And now we're here bickering about stuff that a, a couple of years ago, we probably wouldn't have been, you know, pissed about. Right. Yep. So what, what has been your evolution as far as the you know, trail cam game is concerned? You know, I didn't start running cameras until 2012, and I would say 2000. I really didn't get serious about bow hunting, and pro- probably until right around 2010, 2012, that time. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, always been digital, you know. Um, used to every, everything I do now is lithium batteries and class 10 um, memory cards. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I refuse. I'm the type of guy, I think we talked about this on another podcast. I'd rather go without until I have enough money to buy something quality. Yes. So I have buddies that have 20 trail cameras, um, and they might average price might be 40, 50, 60 bucks. And half the pictures that they take, they don't even know what it took a picture of. Uh, the, the picture's just all blurry. If it's a nighttime photo, there's a bunch of haze or it's whited out or something like that. And it's kind of just like, what, what's the point? Yeah. What is the point of that? That gives you that you're actually getting no information and you're just educating deer. So I've, I've always, um, and I'm not saying I'm running a whole bunch of reconnexes. I actually don't even own one of those. I think that's absurd 
to strap a $500 camera to a tree just to have someone walk by and potentially yank it off. Um, but average average price point for me is it's probably a hundred hundred and twenty dollar camera. Um, and right now, I mean, that's I'm talking uh, Bushnells and 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 Browning Browning Strike Force, Browning Command Ops. If we're going to get specific, and I've actually um, I know this is not regarding evolution of of trail camera use at all, but um, uh, I've I've started to get away from Bushnells because the screen after, I don't know, after a year or two, the screen just doesn't light up on it. So you can't change any settings. You can't see if the SD card's reading right, if the time's right and stuff like that. So, um, what, what cameras do you run? So over in the past years, right. I've run, uh, coverts. I've run Exodus, most recently Exodus trail cameras, um, spy points and, I had a I had a Moultrie for a while until it stopped working, and okay. so um, right now I'm running solely Exodus, but I have four Spy Point cell cams that I that okay. I, I purchased last year, and it, I don't know I mean it, we'll get into the details of cell cams here in a little bit, but um, so far. You know, in full disclosure, they've 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 uh, been a partner of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast for uh, you know a ha- you know a handful of years. So I've gotten good you know I've I've gotten them for free because because of that or um, you know or you know at a discounted rate because of the partnership there. So it's almost unfair for me to say anything because I'm that guy who questions every, everything. So it's like, oh, man, this trail camera is really good. Yeah, but you get it for free, and they've paid you to say that in the past, right? So yeah. the only thing I can say is is that they've paid me to promote their product. It's a good product, and it, uh, you know, it's definitely – they've definitely improved over the years. Um, but, you know, I can't – I don't want to really get in, in too deep with the, with the topic of that just because, you know – you know, they've paid me to say that, but they, they fit that bill for me where, you know, if they were a shitty camera, I wouldn't have worked with them. Right. So right, I, right. Flip, I flip the, I flip the camera on or for the Exodus, I flip it on, change the settings, format the cards. Like I do with every trail camera, set it out and they take pictures. And that is what I like about them. Right. Perfect. Um, yep. I, same with the, the spy point cell cams, right. I've, you know, with, with those cameras, because it's a cell camera and because I, I download the app and I have those pictures sent to my phone, you know, there's a little additional cost to uh, have the cell coverage and all this stuff, right? But but there's a 12-minute delay. If I have it set to immediate from my farm, that admittedly does not have the greatest cell service, uh, it takes 12 minutes for the it to take a picture and send it to the app that's on the phone for me to view it. Okay. Um, I know that there's cameras out there that might be able to do it faster, but again, I think that's pretty good considering that there's times where I'm still getting drop calls or can't even make a call on that farm. Right. So yeah, for sure. For so, sure. and then I've had, uh, even before Exodus, I ran covert cameras, decent price point, but just something about that camera. Once, once every, 
you know, during the rut, I'm s- switching them. The camera just not did not take pictures. And it's the same SD card from a different, you know, a different covert, put it in, format it, turn it on, walk away. It should take pictures. But I had a couple of them that didn't. And some of them just stopped working. Um, I, I can remember something about, uh, th- there was one camera in particular of theirs that I would turn it on. It would work, but as soon as it got to like 30 degrees, it shut off. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, that's a lot of the Iowa nights, uh, during, you know, mid to late November, especially going into the late season, right. It's dropping below freezing, uh, right. after November right first some some years so so uh and before that i had some other mole trees and they did okay but like i said com- that camera was an older camera compared to what they what the mole trees are now i don't know how big the jump is because i don't I've, i haven't used a mole tree recently but the mole tree back then took okay pictures it had an okay lifespan um it it took pictures when i wanted it to but i th- if i if my memory serves me right, that particular camera was ultra sensitive. So every, and I even had it on, um, I think it, on the sensitivity uh, setting, I had it on the lowest and it was still catching everything. And uh, so that meant SD cards filled up faster and batteries didn't last as long. And again, that was also before I started running lithiums in gotcha. in my cameras too so once you start jumping to a better sd card that's able to process the picture faster uh, i also jumped to lithiums which is just making the camera function longer uh, as well so those two things probably play a role in in how the camera actually operates but um again like no real problems with exodus they and again it's how i use everything too Right. I, I, I can't sit here and do a fair comparison on all these trail cameras. Number one, because I haven't used them. And number two, I'm, I very rarely set it on video mode just because okay. I don't, I don't care if I get a video. All I want is one picture. So I know whether or not I need to set up in that area and kill the deer. Right. So the data that I want from that thing is different than let's say the data that somebody else wants who may, may like really crystal clear pictures and they take really crisp crystal clear pictures, but I don't care if that picture's a little fuzzy, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. And I'm not running my trail cameras on the highest megapixels. I always run it a step down from the top until I get to the rut where I'm, you know, like this time of year, I want quantity of pictures, not necessarily quality. So I always jump, uh, bump down the megapixels so I can fit more pictures on my SD card in case I do have that that one little leaf that blows in front during a windstorm for three straight days, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. getting 1,000, 2,000 pictures of wind. I want that, once that passes, I want that camera to still perform. So with the lithiums, with the faster processing SD cards, and with the settings low, you know, different. So I just gather a lot and a lot and a lot of pictures. That's, that's really what I'm looking for, especially this time of year. Now I'll bump once the, once the hunting season hits, I will bump the triggers, the, the 
um, the bursts to like five, six, seven, uh, and I'll have a 30 second delay and I'll probably bump the, uh, megapixels up to the highest setting. That way I'm getting really the highest quality picture and I'm getting anything that walks by multiple, you know, multiple shots of it. Uh, and I, I do that because I know I'm checking my trail cameras more throughout the hunting season than I am during the summer. Right. 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 So what about you? Um, well, real quick, just on the video thing. Um, I do know that there are times, there are certain cameras I run on, uh, on video mode. And if you think about it, if, uh, if a buck's chasing a doe or a dog in a doe, um, and you just have it on like a two shot burst or three shot burst, you might only get a, sh- a picture of that doe. Yep. And then you have a, a 10 or 20 second delay. And that could be enough time for that buck to walk through and you never even know it. Absolutely. So, so there, there is some value to video. I do think that video is more intrusive. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a red light that's just on yeah. for 10, 20 seconds. Um, I mean, mine are, I run the infrareds. I have not noticed that, uh, being an issue out in, uh, like Nebraska or Iowa, uh, here in Michigan where deer are a little more uh, pressured and spooky. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even consider running video mode on anything. Um, but yeah, same thing. Lithiums, uh, good batteries. Um, I've ran enough Bushnells now that uh, I'm pretty over there. It takes great pictures, um, but there's just issues with them constantly. Like I said, there's times where the the display screen, and, and it's not even to view the photos. They, I don't even have that model, but it's just uh, to, to change the settings to view the time. It just won't even light up. And then you know, wiggle batteries around or whatever. And it lights right up and it's kind of like what, you know, or you turn it on and off five times and it finally lights up. That's just, and especially in the summertime when there's mosquitoes, that's just, I, the more time I'm standing in front of a tree, spreading scent everywhere, looking at a camera, trying to get it to work is just frustrating. Yeah. Um, Browning Strike Force, that takes six batteries as opposed to eight, which is nice. Uh, I think battery life's just as long, especially with lithiums. And there's just top-notch quality pictures whether it's daytime nighttime doesn't matter i will say um browning and bushnell if you are going to use video mode there is something funky with the format that it records in um uh, and a lot of times if i'm checking a camera on video mode during hunting season i'm popping that card um into a, a reader and hooking it up to my iphone and there are times with the browning that the video will not play. You can see like the very initial start image of it, but it won't play. Um, and you pop it in your laptop and it plays just fine. Um, and then I think Bushnell, no real issues with video mode uh, as far as playing on the on your laptop or your phone or anything like that. So um, I can't think of... Uh, of anything else i ran spy points back in the day but they were it was you know it's a 2012 and they just you know they didn't last very long um i think they're just sitting on a shelf in the garage because they're not even worth putting out you know what? i don't know i'm an idiot um 
my I said spy point cell cams. I I'm actually running a stealth cam. Oh, gotcha. I, gotcha. I pulled the app up on my phone and I'm an idiot. So it's not a spy point. It is a stealth cam. And um I mean it worked. So Perfect. Yeah. Yep. So have you ever had any issues with uh, SD cards not being able to be used in different trail cameras. So let's say a covert can't be used in an Exodus or a Bushnell can't be used in a Browning because of the formatting. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the Brownings do have from time to time, they do have an issue where you, you pop the card in there and it says um, card locked. And then if you just kind of, if you kind of, dig around in the settings and you just you format the card a lot of times you can get it to to read just fine but that can be frustrating you can i've done i've had it enough times where i've popped three or four different cards into a, a browning trail camera and they all would read you know trail trail card locked or no sd card and that does get frustrating but normally it's just a simple format the card and it reads just fine Right. Uh, as far as Bushnell's, never had a problem. That is one. That is one positive of a Bushnell camera. It always has read a card, and even if even if I took a Browning card with 500 pictures on it and I slapped it in a Bushnell, it would tell me there's 500 pictures on it, and then it would start taking pictures right there. So yeah. that is a positive of, of Bushnell's. Yeah. So I've talked with uh, some other trail camera manufacturers uh throughout my time doing podcasts and one guy told me that there are certain companies out there that in their in their program in their settings of their trail cameras that he and he didn't mention a brand name to me but the, in their in their programming or whatever when you go to format a, a card on theirs they format that card and in that programming, it doesn't allow that card to be formatted by another trail camera. Gotcha. So you can only use those cards for that camera. And once you do that, you can't go to another trail camera and format that card on that camera. It still won't work. Huh. That's crazy. That, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's almost like that kind of makes me upset that a company right. would do that when right. the technology is out there. You know, it's like obviously people buy different brands of stuff, right? Why wouldn't you want an SD card to work on another trail camera, right? And then if if someone found that out, man, I, I would if I found out what that trail camera company was, I would tell everybody because <laughs> I would I don't want what happened to me to happen to somebody else. Right. Like, right. uh, right. Hey man, I, I let it set two weeks and now I have zero trail camera pictures. Right. Right. That, that would, uh, that'd frustrate me. Um, and then also a little known fact from what, from what I understand all these, okay, let's say reconics they're made in America. Right. And I'm not sure if there's any other trail camera manufacturers that are, that are, uh, in the United States, but there's like two factories in China that make all the trail cameras for the hunting industry. 
So a lot of these trail cameras are actually coming from the same place and are using a lot of the same components and technology just with either different covers or, you know, like different shells and different branding. And that's it. And a lot of the other stuff is exactly the same. No kidding. Yes. Wow. Yep. Wow. So there, you know, there might be more than two factories, but there are factories right. in China where a lot of these uh, trail cameras are made that are multiple brands are made within a single factory wow. using the same components. So you would think that all these trail cameras should relatively be functioning the exact same way and that they should by now have all these problems figured out to where, you know, you should be able to pop in an SD card and walk away. Right. 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 So, um, what are, what are some of the biggest other than, other than what we've already discussed about, what are some of the other, I guess, things that frustrate you about trail cameras or you've seen not work or tips or tricks for people, you know, to use? Well, this is a typical, this is a rookie mistake, but don't put your trail camera on a tree that's small, so small that it's going to blow the actual trees and <laughs> blow around in the wind. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's crazy. Uh, use a stick and pick or something like that. Yeah. Um, what else? A lot of them seem, I'm, typically with my cameras, I've always got to put a stick behind them to get them to angle down a little bit. They always end up angling up too high. Um, there's that. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you just, you just, you end up getting the, the top half of a, a deer. If yeah. you just strap it to a tree, it's like the way, like the, the casing like has like the, the grooves in it to go up on a tree. If you just put it on a tree and don't look at how it's angled, it's like, yeah, you only get the top half of a deer, and then if their head's down or something like that, you don't really get a full shot of their head or anything like that. So right. I always put small, a, a stick maybe the size of your your ring finger or something like that behind the top of it to kind of get it to angle down a little bit. Um, I know a lot of guys uh, put their cameras elevated and angle them down. Um, I don't do that just because I like mine on, on runs, and I like, the trigger, I like them to be triggered by multiple – a, a good span, you know, not just like one specific area. Um, I don't know. I, I lock all mine to the tree. Yeah. I have cable, I have cable locks for every single one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's one thing. That's another thing I kind of really want to, uh, talk about is accessories. What, what kind of accessories do you use along with your, uh, along with your trail cameras? Uh, just, just the, uh, the Python cable lock. Yep. And then, uh, I have a couple of the stick and picks, just, you know, areas where there's not a tree or whatever to put anything on. Or like I said, all the trees are too small that if you strapped it on there, it would just blow around in the wind and give you a bunch of false pictures. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, not, I don't, not anything else. So, yeah. Uh, I'm a, I, I have a couple pythons just because in certain parts of the farm that I hunt, man, I'm telling you, I get in the past three years, I've had seven trail cameras stolen. 
That sucks. All that's along. so stupid. That's yeah. that's so shitty. You, that to me. Have you ever been so angry that you don't get angry? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like you're just oh, yeah. like like it's almost like you go to blackout rage. And this this is to <laughs> you know, like I don't want to ruin the credibility of this podcast, but I by saying this dumb comment, but I'm the kind of person who always says dumb comments, so I'm just gonna say it anyway. I can understand where people black out and kill somebody and they <laughs> You yeah. know, they come to you and they're like, what just happened? Oh, dude, uh, this this dude stole your trail camera, so you murdered him. Like, right, I, right. I, I, could, I can imagine it happening. Like, I can, you know, it would never happen, but, like, I act like a kid. It's like, when my, when my two kids fight over toys, that's how I am. Like, when I walk up and I saw that my trail, like, I had one day I walk up, I, I noticed three are stolen. And I acted like a little kid. I was kicking the grass and cursing and throwing shit. And I was just <laughs> like that day I went to the local newspaper. I went to the sheriff. I went to, I knocked oh, on, wow. yeah, I, I, oh, yeah I knocked on like uh, seven doors and I, I called the DNR officer and I went berserker. Like I was like, Hey, Hey, I had uh, property stolen. Do you know anybody who's got property stolen? Um, I just want to let you know that. Hey, whatever. And they're like, oh man, no, nothing's like this has happened on my property. I'm sorry, whatever. I'm like, keep an eye out. I gave them my number. I went to the newspaper. They posted a little thing about it on their Facebook page saying, hey, uh, there's been theft of tree st- uh, stand or trail cameras in this area of the county. Uh, if anybody has information or you've had your trail camera stolen, whatever. So, I definitely have been running cable locks until they cut the cable lock you know, the Python lock and that take, like, have you ever tried to cut a Python lock? I lost a key at the end of a season once. And that actually takes a lot of work, even with a bolt cutter or a wire, a big wire cutter. It takes work to, to bust through one of those things. Yeah, it definitely does. I had to do it just this last weekend because the key broke off inside the Python lock. So yeah, I had to, uh, it like cracked the whole camera case because i had a leatherman on me and i was just like twisting the cable lock even tighter yeah it was yeah. it was bad news but yeah you're absolutely right it uh, it was it was kind of actually interesting to see what it takes to break one of those locks but right um and then um stick and picks from a, a accessory standpoint i i use I've, i have a handful of stick and picks both the kind that screw into the tree and uh you press down into the ground uh, and and yep. use those. Those are, you know, for the price of a trail camera and that accessory, it's like probably thirty percent of a trail camera in cost. So I can see where people wouldn't like them, but I'm telling you, to put trail cameras where trees are not is an awesome thing. Yeah. Whether you can screw it into an old wooden fence post or you can just stick it in the ground in this opening in like a buffer strip or something. Um, Man, you get a lot of pictures, and you, it allows you to eliminate certain areas of farms or confirm that deer actually use this trail that runs through a CRP field or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, and other than that, man, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy on the uh, accessory side, uh, other than you know using the cable locks and using uh, some uh, trail camera mounting systems. I know there's other other trail camera mounting systems out there 
uh, I forget the names, but like, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, you can go yeah. and buy them. Yeah, yeah, there is. Like, I think HME Hunting Made Easy. They have like a whole bunch of accessories for right. trail cameras. Um, I've only had one stolen, uh, and it was it was probably five years ago. Uh, I know that after that was stolen, so the Bushnells they open up and the batteries are exposed. It's like a book basically. Yeah. And I know that once I got one stolen, I wrote notes and put them in every one and push it, fold the note up and put it up against the batteries and closed them up. And that note was a very strongly worded note, letting that person know if anyone stole it, how just awful of a human being they were. (laughs) So (laughs) you may may not ever catch them, but you're going to just shame them all the way to their truck. I got the last word in. That's for sure. Oh man. So, um, I've had, Listen, this is not trail cam related, but listen, this is crap. I've had screwing steps stolen out of two different tree stands. Yeah. Like only like the first five or six where literally I got to my tree stand and I was like, well, I can't get up this anymore. So I guess, I guess I'm going somewhere else today. But yeah, that's, yeah. that was real. Yeah. So, dick. uh, real quick, we're running up on time here. Are you, do you run any cell cams? I do not, just because uh, I would like to maintain my sanity during hunting season. <laughs> that, that's the only reason. So if I gave you a cell camera for free, you wouldn't use it? I would because it's free, but yeah, I, it's no, I would. Like my all my buddies are like, why don't you run cell cams out in Nebraska? And I'm like, well, so why? So on a random Friday, I can jump in my car and drive 10 hours to hunt right. one day? No. Right. No, I'll just wait to the rut, wait till I get out there, figure out what's going on. No, I, th- I would I would see around here. I think it'd be a good move, but still, just get. I, so, what does it do? Does it send pictures once a day, or well, there's different settings? Yeah. So, on my stealth cams, I have a couple settings. I can go once an hour, I can go immediately, or I can go once a day or twice a day. So, like, there's four different settings. Um, and so, I would go once. I would. I had them sent to me immediately, which uses more batteries battery life but it just goes to an app that you download and you can open the app and view all the pictures load them up and view all the pictures now there's other uh, cameras that i've had in the past like i ran a a covert uh, cell cam one year it didn't work very well again i think because of the uh, the cell coverage on my farm but it had uh it would it would send it to a text message or an email, which I didn't like because if you got a hot day, you're getting text message and text message and text message and text message. And back then, every text message with a picture you got was costing you money because okay. because of your plan. So now all you have all these smartphones, you can download the app, connect the app uh, to your account, which then has your trail camera uh, data in it and information. And then once that once you set that camera up, it sends the pictures to the app. And then you get little notifications that say, oh, you have a new picture um, or, you know, stuff like that. And then you can change the settings through the app as well. So it's, it, you can control the camera remotely. You don't have to go up and change the settings on it, which is really cool. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, that, that would help if you're. If it's all just in the app, I thought it was always like via email or via text. Like you said, you had no control over it. Yeah. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So there's, you know, and a lot of the, that cell cam information 
is, or, and the technology is getting better every single year to the point where I don't think it's going to be too long to where you're actually, you're, you're going to be able to open up an app, click on a button and watch live from your, from your phone, what's going on in the woods right now, like a, oh, yeah. like a security camera. Gotcha. So when that day comes, man, it's, uh, and then, you know, I don't want to get into it now, but then there's all these questions of ethics, right? Is that, you know, is that ethical? Does that take woodsmanship out of the equation? Does it, I don't know. I use trail cameras. I use cell cams, but I can't take advantage of the cell cam data unless I'm actually actively hunting that piece of property. Cause right. I live an hour away from my main farm where my cell cams are at. It's not like I can hop in my truck and instantly be down there. I have to load up, have to pack. So I'm, I'm looking at an hour and a half, two hour time frame just to get down to the farm. And we all know how much ground a deer can cover in two hours. Right, right. So, Yeah, I could see them doing something like they've done with drones. Like if you, <laughs> if you, fly, a, well, you fly a drone over a property and you, you're not allowed to hunt it for 24 hours. Yeah. So... I can see them going that route. I, I hear what you're saying, um, the ethics of it, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's a that's another conversation. Once that stuff, because I've heard of guys saying, "Hey, man, I got a." I've talked to a guy on the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. He's like, "Hey, man, I got a trail, uh, a picture sent to my phone through my cell cam. I went out there, and that night I killed him because I knew yeah. he was in the area." Right. Uh, and I'm sure there's stories even faster than that, where a guy got the picture, got out of his truck, or maybe even changed tree stands locations, right? Got, got in there real quick and quiet, sat up, and then in 45 minutes, that buck came by and they shot it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. So, and yeah, I don't know. It's, well, I mean, but if they do that with cell cams, then what's, I mean, you can make an argument like, hey, man, I could have just walked around and yeah. checked my camera. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Said. Conversation for a different time. That's right. Well, anything else about trail cameras that you want to add uh, before we call our quits today? No, sir. Not, not anything that I can think of off the top of my head. Sounds good, man. Uh, well, we're going to call our quits. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.